Hi there, and welcome to the next episode of Once a Dagger, Always a Dagger podcast. Uh, and I thought I would uh, concentrate on players for this particular segment uh, and do a bit of a who am I? Going to give you a few clues about players. Uh, hopefully that will take you a little bit along memory lane, trying to think who the hell I'm referring to. Some of them will be quite well known, probably some of them uh, not quite so well known, but uh, let's hope it's a bit of fun for everybody. It's quite a random selection, just some names that just came into my head. No sort of method for um, who I may or may not be choosing. Uh, and they're players I do always remember, but as I say, some of them were long stayers with the club, some of them were famous stayers, some of them achieved lots with the club, some of them possibly uh, achieved very little. But uh, nevertheless, they were all daggers, and um, I'm sure we all got behind them at the time, maybe. Anyway, let's start with the first one. Uh, this is a player who played for a lot of clubs. Uh, he's still involved in non-league football. He's currently actually a chairman of a club. Uh, as I say, he played for a lot of clubs for us. He's a forward. Uh, I'm just going to give you a little run of clubs uh, to see if you can identify who it might be. It's not a hard one to start, perhaps. Uh, this is just a selection, and then it goes through the bit where he played for Dagenham. So he was uh, a Thurrock player, then a Haybridge player, then he was a Dagenham player, then he was a Thurrock player, then he was a Histon United player. And he played uh, for a lot of clubs before that little run and after. As I say, he's currently still involved heavily in the non-league game, uh, at a level slightly lower than our current one. But nevertheless, uh, he's been a good servant to non-league football. Uh, number two, uh, I think this will be quite easy to get. He's the son of a Spurs legend, played for us when we um, had a nice run to the trophy final. And uh, when we went down to Gloucester City in a replay, he was the one who actually put us 2-1 uh, ahead in extra time and dreaming of Wembley. Uh, we didn't actually win that game in the end. It turned out to be a draw and we had another replay, which we won. So we did eventually get to Wembley. But uh, early on, who was at that Gloucester game. We were one down with only a few minutes to go. And then Steve Connor equalised uh, right near the end, went to extra time. And this chap, he put us ahead. He was a speedy winger, scored a few goals, uh, and um, yeah, he played for Degas for quite a while, then moved on to some other clubs. Number three, uh, it's a bit hard to know what to say about this chap. Uh, he only played about five times for us, but I'm going to give you a, f a few clues, and hopefully um, that might make you think of who I'm referring to. Uh, I don't think he was our best ever player. To be quite honest, I think when we signed him, we were a bit short of bodies. And it's fair to say he was definitely a body. He was a giant of a man. Uh, all I can remember about him was he looked very uncomfortable on the ball, but he had a ridiculous long throw. So if you were ever going to sign anybody just for the long throw, he'd probably be one uh, that you'd probably go for. Uh, check in his Wikipedia entry. Uh, he's got an entry for 29 clubs. So it's fair to say uh, he moved around a fair bit and I don't think he had much of a history of longevity with 29 clubs. That would be quite hard. As I say, only five games for us. Uh, we signed him from Darlington, uh, surprisingly enough. Uh, and the other thing I was quite surprised to find was he was um, an England Sea international, which... Um, when he played for us, I don't think he was probably in the selectors' minds for international honours, but fair play to him. He did 
achieve that in his career. Uh, he's um, probably still playing somewhere, I should think, running around and throwing those long throws of his. Uh, there you go, that was number three. Number four, very easy. Played for us in League One. Um, he was a centre-forward. I wouldn't call him a goal-scoring centre-forward. Um, his um, goals ratio to games played, I should think, was quite low. Uh, but it's fair to say that when he did score, he celebrated uh, probably the most memorably, memorably of any centre-forward that we've had. I remember at uh, Colchester. He scored for us and uh, came over to the away fans and proceeded to do his traditional celebration, which uh, was very well known. You can see it on YouTube. Uh, he was on Soccer AM, I think, doing it. Uh, and he probably did it at all the clubs he went to. But though he wasn't necessarily the best player in a lot of ways, he was a good trier and he was very good with the rapport with the crowd. So at the time, I would say he's probably underrated, in my opinion, in a way. He was very good for the club at the time. Number five, um, again, I think quite an easy one. He played for us when we won the conference. Um, he played for Barnet. Um, he actually left the club at the end of, I think, the 2009 season. One of three players to um, all leave at the end of their contract and go to a club that are now in the Premiership, uh, along with uh, Danny Foster and Sam Saunders. So... That was obviously a good career move for him. He didn't obviously play in the Premiership, but that club were definitely a club on the up. Uh, he's also managed at the National uh, League level. So that's number five. Player number six is uh, actually uh, got letters after his name. He's recently been made an OBE for services to education. He's forged quite a career and a name for himself in that field. Does a lot of good work in education, working with young children. Uh, this was a player who played for us in the Gary Hill era and actually came to the club with Gary Hill having served under um, Gary for a few different clubs. Uh, you often quite get in non-league that players will follow their manager around from uh, club to club and uh, this player was uh, one that had done that. His actual list of clubs uh, is um, all local to the, to the area, South End, Chelmsford, Haybridge, St Albans, Daggers, Canvey and Chelmsford. Uh, he came to the Daggers from St Albans at the same time that uh, Gary Hill had come from St Albans. He was um, probably, say, a attacking midfielder, left-hand side, scored uh, quite a few goals, not a prolific goal scorer, but had a habit of notching one now and again, uh, good with the ball, picking it up and just moving it along and being the link from back to front. Uh, also, I always thought he had a bit of, uh, not, not, I wouldn't say a nasty side, but I don't think he was the type of player to necessarily take a backward step. And wouldn't surprise me if he could be a bit of a wind-up merchant, but I've no evidence of that. But that was just all the, the impression that, that he gave me. And uh, the year we won the uh, Isthmian League, he played quite a pivotal role in that. Though I do remember one game in, I think, around about October, he was completely taken out by a, a Slough Town player who just got a yellow card and he was taken off injured and he was out for quite a while but he did come back and uh, he was as I say he was uh, quite a vital part of that team and the, the years that we had after it under when we had that sort of early 2000s run of success and fame he, he played his part in that so who is that player number seven 
this is actually one of my favourite players, though he wasn't um, he wasn't with the Daggers for as long as we probably would have liked. I kind of expected that when he left us, uh, he would go on to play at a higher level, and uh, he did, though not uh, directly from leaving us. It was from another club. But the first time uh, I saw him come on for Daggers, it might even have been as a sub, he just picked the ball up, ran at the other team and was smacking shots in from every angle. And he had that sort of... He didn't look like he had the flair and individuality coached out of him. He just played quite off the cuff. And when I saw him, not as I say in later years, makes him sound like an old man, but after he left Dagenham and came back with other clubs, which he did on a few occasions, though I still fancied him as a good player, he looked like he'd lost to me, like a bit of that individuality, which maybe he didn't do as well with it, with all the skill that he had as he could have done. But there again, he has had a pretty useful career. He joined the Daggers uh, round about the time of uh, Glyn Hopkin, uh, and he was introduced to the pitch uh, to the crowd on the pitch at half-time of our first home game uh, with another player, that player being Paul Benson, who was just making a comeback to the club for a, for a bit of a swan song. And I think uh, Glyn Hopkin had possibly made a little bit of cash available so that we could take these two players on, Paul Benson and this other player that I'm talking about. And it sort of completed our squad. I remember John Steele saying in interviews that he'd been very keen on this player for quite a while, He'd watched him numerous times for Enfield and he really couldn't understand uh, why he hadn't been snapped up by a higher club and he expected that he would have been and then we got the money to make the deal happen. So it did happen. And he stayed with us, looked a good player, but then when the Glenn Hopkin debacle came about and we had to let players go, he was one that uh, we let go. Uh, So uh, I always thought that was... We let a lot of good players go then, but I always thought that was one that... uh, I was was very sorry. I did always enjoy watching him, as I say. He did go on to play in the Football League for Newport County. Uh, didn't really set the world alight there and sort of came back to, to National League level. And so, as well as us, he's played for the likes of Borenwood, Bromley and Ebbsfleet. So that's player number seven. Player number eight uh, is a midfielder uh, from the mid to early 90s. Uh, now when Dagenham and Redbridge were formed in 92-93 we had um, we had a lot of uh, very good players. We probably had six, five, six, seven in the England non-league internationals. But then uh, when that all went a bit pear-shaped, when uh, I think probably because one of the trustees ran off with a fair bit of cash and things spiralled a little bit downhill, uh, we began to struggle in the conference as I think it was then. Uh, and eventually in about 95, 96, we got relegated. But in that time when we were struggling, uh, we did have a midfield player who, funnily enough, had the same surname as one of the uh, previously uh, non-league internationals that I mentioned who'd been with us in 92, 93. So he wasn't related to this chap, but they did share the same surname, although they were quite different style of players. Uh, this was a left-footed midfield player, good in the air, very good engine, as they say, ran up and down a lot, scored some goals, and in a in quite a poor Dagenham team, he was a standout performer, and you could see it wouldn't take much to make him uh, play at a high level, and he did actually get transferred into a football league team. Uh, he didn't uh, do over well with them, surprisingly enough, and only played, I think, four or five games, and ended up going to uh, Notts County, where he had a quite stellar career of 250-odd games, and he even ended up managing them for a short time. But um, 
I always think in our history, he's one of our more underrated players because uh, he played in such a bad team at the time, a team that was sort of relegation candidates. Uh, but he, he never stopped battling. He was a very good player, local lad, born in Barking. So that's number eight. Who was he? Number nine, uh, not that it will probably help you, unless you're a very big stato or a bit of a geek. Uh, his middle name is Clayton. I say that only for the reason that it's not often you get many Claytons in football, apart from people with surname Clayton. So his middle name is Clayton. He's a goalkeeper. He numbers among his clubs as well as the Daggers, Southend, Orient, Colchester and Barnet. Uh, he played for us in quite a successful side. And when that particular side, uh, if you like, clarified their success by winning a championship, he actually played quite a significant part in that game, but perhaps not, or not the way that you might think. Uh, something happened in that game that he was part of. And uh, in terms of Dagger's folklore, if that's not overstretching it, that was quite a, a brilliant game with a bit of a twist to it. Uh, and he was part of that twist. So who is that? Number nine. Number 10 is a player who played only a handful of games uh, for the club uh, in the Dave Cusack, Graham Carr era. So that really tells you all you need to know about how dire this uh, player probably was for the club, and he was. Uh, he holds a record in British football, which is why I'm mentioning him. Just It's always quite interesting when you get players come through the daggers or play for the daggers or somehow connected to them that uh, take their part in the wider picture of football because sometimes think um, we're a, a small club, obviously, in the scheme of things, but I can normally find an interesting connection to something on the wider scale. And this chap actually holds the record for the most sending-offs in um, British football, 22. Uh, 13 of those are in the Football League, so that leaves nine, and uh, nine that were outside the Football League, uh, and one of them was actually, of course, with us. And I'm, I'm sketchy as to my recollection of this, but I think it was around about 95, 96. Might even have been altering them at home again, not quite sure. And I think we had three, three players sent off. Uh, he was one of them, of course he was. Uh, Perry Groves, another well-known player who was well, a bit disappointing, to be fair, for us. He also got sent off, and, and one other player whose name escapes me. I'm glad I can't remember too much of that game. It may not even have been Orchardham, but just something about me says it is. So he played for us for a very short time. Uh, he holds all these records. Uh, he probably likes to think of himself as a bit of a hard man. I dare say he is. Um, but uh, I'll let you be on the judge on that one. So who's that? Number 10, the centre-forward that played for us and got sent off for us. Player number 11 is coincidentally not quite in the Cusack car era but, era, but in the following one where Ted Hardy came back to the club for at least the third, probably the fourth time, uh, with a brief just to keep us um, in the league, do well. The club was in a bit of a shambles one way or another. It was more about restoring pride and getting something back into the club. And if we had a couple of good runs, then even better. Well, anyone who knows Ted would know that he probably wouldn't settle, wouldn't have settled for that. Uh, and indeed, that season, 96-97, uh, culminated in a trip to Wembley for the final of the FA Trophy. Uh, now, this player uh, played in that season, uh, and he first came 
to, particularly to my attention uh, in that trophy run. He was knocking a few goals in. I think we played Morecambe or someone like that in one of the earlier rounds, maybe in a replay, and he knocked a couple of goals in. We got us through to the final. That was a fantastic day, although ultimately a losing one. Uh, he didn't actually play in the final. He came on as a sub after 81 minutes. Um, and I always, when the team was announced that day, I though I could understand the thinking from not being there because we were playing a team from a higher division and we probably wanted to keep it a little bit tight. I just thought this player had a little bit of an X factor and could possibly have made a difference to us, but we'll never know because that was 1997 and a lot of water's gone under the bridge since then. Uh, this player had first, um, I suppose, come to notice in 96. I remember we played an FA Cup qualifying round, probably the fourth qualifying round, away on the Isle of Wight against Newport, Newport Isle of Wight. That was a place, um, a football ground I'd never been to. I remember going over there, driving down there, getting the ferry, and then off to the ground. We got there quite early and had a few drinks, and there was quite a good turnout from Dagenham, and quite a good turnout for the home team as well, because they probably didn't normally get quite that far in the competition, and with a place at stake for the first round of the FA Cup, there was a little bit on the game. Anyway, Dagenham ran out in the end, reasonably comfortable winner. And this player scored a couple of goals, unless I'm very much mistaken. I managed to uh, get away from the game uh, quite quickly because there was a ferry uh, to go early, if you were lucky. I managed to get on that ferry and I was having a swift half in the bar as the crossing went over. And I got chatting to a few people and this woman asked me if I'd been in the game. I said yes. And she asked me what I thought of this particular player. And without knowing who she was, I, um, I, I said, last good player I thought he was for a young player at the time and I thought he could uh, go well he had that bit of X factor about him and I thought if he just kept his head down and worked he'd have a good career in the game and then she looked at me and she said thanks very much I'm his mum so uh, good job they didn't ask me about Dave Bibby if he'd have been his mum because it would have been a slightly different answer but no one get that reference unless they were around a long long time ago but he's one of Tegnum's worst ever players Next player, number 12, uh, this was a player again who, who didn't have a very long career with us, though he did play for us over a, a two different spells. Uh, we signed him as a young player, uh, I think I if we signed him as such from West Ham, but he had been a West Ham youth player and they'd released him and uh, he played for he played for Dagenham. I think he had a season with us where we loaned him out, I believe, to Thurrock. didn't play very much, he was probably only 17, 18. But in his second season, he got straight back in the team. I remember his first um, few games, as I say, he was playing on the left wing, he was a, could run with the ball, he could beat players, and he had a delightful cross on him, left-footed. He always reminded me of a slightly better version of um, Steve Jones, who people may remember played for us in the early 80s, Cliff Jones's son. But he was a very good player, uh, and unfortunately he didn't last very long with us, uh, but only for good reason, for him anyway, uh, as he was um, spotted and signed for uh, our feeder team, some might say. Uh, I don't think Peterborough United necessarily have a scouting system. Uh, I think they just come to Dagenham Games and then see what decent players have been found for them. There's been quite a few gone, gone there over the years, uh, and this one uh, was no exception. Uh, and I say he only played, I think, about 14 games for us. And then um, he went off to Peterborough. Uh, now, I thought he was a certainty to do well. I was very disappointed when he left. I'm pleased for him, obviously. Uh, but he never really um, made it made it at Peterborough. He did play some games. He was loaned out a few times. And um, he sort of uh, drifted around a little bit. 
uh, he ended up coming back to us um, uh, when we were in the Football League. And I remember a Good Friday game in the rain, absolutely getting drowned uh, at Gillingham. As anyone who's been to Gillingham knows, the, the away end is just uh, open terracing, open seats. So it hammered down and got soaked. But we were under a bit of pressure at the time of um, possible relegation. Uh, and uh, we actually won 2 1. It was an excellent win, and uh, uh, this player got the winning goal. So uh, he's had two spells with us, but he's a very good player. But uh, I think when I think of him and his career, I think could have done a lot better. I don't know if he maybe he thinks the same. Right, now the next player, uh, I'm just throwing this one in for novelty value, really. Uh, I don't think uh, Dagnum has signed that many players from uh, Liverpool. I know we were in for Kevin Keegan at the time and Fernando Torres, but they both chose to go to other clubs, Hamburg and Chelsea. I can probably see the attraction. But we did actually sign one player from Liverpool once, albeit only on loan. And though he may have made squads for us, I don't think he um, he actually he played for us. He was a youth at the time, so maybe it was just good experience for him to train with men just for a change to sort of get him out. He never made it at Liverpool either. Uh, he's played for um, quite a few times uh, for various clubs uh, in the Football League in Scotland and across the world. He's actually Icelandic. He's a full international and he's currently uh, being managed by Wayne Rooney. He's playing for DC United in America. So the question is, who is this player who, as far as I know, is the only player we've signed from Liverpool, an Icelandic international, and he never played for us? So a bit of a different one. Player number 14. Uh, right, this is, um, I'm just going to tell you uh, a list of clubs. West Ham, Dulwich, Portsmouth, Hearts, Eastleigh, Barnet, Solihull, Rochdale, Aldershot, Leighton Orient. There's a few. That ought to give it away who it is. Uh, this is a goal-scoring centre-forward. Uh, and in my personal opinion, of his type on his day. There's no one better. So there's, I think, quite an easy one there, number 14. Who is that? Number 15, we're going back to, again, when we started uh, as Dagenham and Redbridge, 92-93. As I think I mentioned a bit earlier on, we had about six or seven non-league internationals for us then. Um, and they'd all played for uh, clubs up north, generally. And I think we had a bit of cash then, so we were able to get them down to play for us. And this was a goalkeeper. He was a Liverpool lad. He was left-footed. Uh, I think, again, I might be wrong, uh, our first actually official game of Dagenham and Redbridge in the league was away at Merthyr Tidville on a day when it rained very heavily, uh, if my memory again serves me. Um, and he got sent off in this game where he came out to collect the ball uh, and slid along the ground and dived at sort of someone's feet, if you like, and collected the ball and carried on sliding out the area, holding it, and the ref sent him off. Uh, but I think we ended up winning the game probably anyway. But uh, uh, that was uh, this particular keeper. Uh, after we hit the money trouble I mentioned a bit earlier on, and these northern-based players tended to return to their more northern-based routes, uh, he went on to play for teams uh, in the sort of Liverpool area, uh, and he actually ended up playing for Ashton United. And when we got to Wembley in 97, we played Ashford United at home in the quarter-final. So he came back uh, for that game, obviously, as the Ashton goalkeeper. And he was probably um, quite happy with himself. And uh, It was nil-nil in injury time. And uh, Tony Rogers smashed one in from 
a distance uh, into the top corner and knock them out and put us through to the semi-final that ultimately we would uh, go on and win. Uh, but that's uh, number 15, who was that keeper? Player number 16 is uh, a few clues. He's an American. He's also an actor. He appeared in Dream Team, I think, among other things. Um, he's played for Tottenham, Brighton. We signed him from Orient. He played 116 games for us. He scored 30 goals. And he was a forward. Uh, led the line well. Have a, had a habit of scoring in big games rather than run-the-mill games and was particularly, uh, could be described, I think, quite accurately, as a bit of an FA Cup hero. Uh, if you didn't know better, you think he'd, uh, if there's a cup match going on, he'd be the one determined to get on the telly, because he always used to uh, score in the big games, and he actually scored one of Dagenham's most famous ever goals. Uh, so that's number 16. Number 17 is a defender, um, now, Dagenham fans will know uh, Craig McHale-Smith uh, very well. Uh, I first saw him play against Dagenham for a team called Arsley uh, from the sort of uh, Bedford, uh, St Albans sort of area, Arsley. They weren't much more than a village team. And Craig McHale-Smith absolutely took us to the cleaners. Um, and um, we ended up signing him. And we all know what he did for Dagenham. He was instrumental in us uh, winning the league. Uh, the conference in 2007 though he wasn't there when we actually won the conference because he'd uh, been sold in the January of that year now in that January when we sold Craig we thought um, that was uh, not going to be a good move it worked out well for Craig obviously he went on to have a great career and we still won the league uh, so and we got some money so it was quite handy uh, but uh, when he left the club he went with another player and that other player funnily enough We'd also signed from Arsley. So out of the two of them, I suspect he's the slightly lesser known one, possibly lesser remembered one. But he was, as I say, a defender, a very good player. He went on to play in the Football League for a couple of teams, uh, played about 80 games, I think, and then um, returned to the non-league uh, scene and played for some teams in and around the St Albans area. I think he played for Hemel, Dunstable, St Neots, I think, if I remember rightly. Uh, so the question is... Who was that player? Player number 18. Uh, it's interesting doing this, um, this sort of run through and trying to remember old players. And of course, non-league football without transfer fees by and large. Players can tend to have quite a lot of clubs. And it's quite interesting just seeing some of the numbers that some players have had. And this player is no exception. So I'm just going to read out the list. It might actually jog your memory. Uh, this is in date order. Wimbledon, Kettering, Barnet, Kingstonian, Rushton and Diamonds, Doncaster Rovers, Dagnam, Hornchurch, Aldershot, Billericay, Lewis, Worthing, Thurrock, Eastley, Worthing, Rebridge, Canvey and Benfleet. Uh, he wasn't a prolific goalscorer in his score of three, four, five, seven goals in that game. One of those goals, though, was for Dagnam and Rebridge and it was in one of our biggest ever games and um, I'd say it drew us back into that match and his performance that day was very good and to some extent I'd say he single-handedly drove us back into that match though ultimately it ended in heartache but this is Dagnum so we sort of expect that so that was one goal he scored for the club that um, was quite memorable in one way he also had another memorable man match for the club 
where we didn't do quite so well and suffered a rather painful, embarrassing, heavy and televised defeat. Uh, I'm not going to say for a second that uh, it was particularly down to him because I don't believe it was. But in the um, TV recording, it was unfortunately on television, every time something happened, it seemed to be coming down his wing. So it looked like he was, um, it was a bit like trying to hold back the tide. He was like the King Canuto that night. But uh, nevertheless, uh, he was a very good player, uh, England non-league international, and did play in the Football League for a couple of those clubs that I mentioned. Uh, so who was that player? I remember watching... Um, some Champions League matches, if it was called the Champions League then, or if it was still the European Cup, I'm not sure, back in the early 2000s when Arsenal and Chelsea were going hammer and tongs. And I think I said earlier in this uh, episode that I could always seem to find a Dagenham connection. And I was just watching Arsenal one night. I think, I mean, actually, now I think about it, they're actually playing Chelsea. And I was thinking, oh, what, was the, uh, what was the connection here? Uh, and there was actually a player on the Chelsea side who had a brother... Uh, who played for Dagenham, and there was a person involved with Arsenal that night uh, who'd also uh, played for Dagenham. Uh, this, so the player I'm looking for here is, who was the player, the Dagenham player who had a famous brother playing for Chelsea? That's quite an easy question, really, because uh, he was often known as this particular player's brother. Always sort of addressed as that, but he was a good player in his own right, uh, like uh, his brother, he probably lacked a bit of pace, but he was a box-to-box -box midfielder, scored a few goals, and he ended up securing a, a transfer to the Football League with Yeovil, and he had a successful Football League career after leaving us. But he, when he played for us, he was always one of my favourite players, just up and down, never stopped working, local lad as well from Barking. So the question is, who was that player? Now the last one in this episode, number 20. Uh, this is another player who... Uh, became a huge favourite over Dagenham. He started as a youth player at Tottenham Hotspur and uh, ended up uh, leaving them. Don't think he played for the first team. Uh, played at a low level for Lincoln City. He actually played 224 games for Lincoln. Uh, just a small little uh, oddity or tidbit or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you'll remember in the year around about 2000-ish, we played Lincoln City away in the FA Cup. Uh, we won 1-0 on television. It was all very good, uh, like the highlights. Mark Jenny, Jenny scored the winner. I've got the programme for that game, and on that programme, he's actually the player featured on the cover. He was a Lincoln player at the time. Uh, when he lost, left uh, Lincoln, he went to Peterborough, and after leaving Peterborough, he signed for the Daggers, played 149 times for us. Uh, I remember seeing his first game for Dagenham. He came on as a sub, I think, or he may have started the game. Anyway, it was away at Wickham Wanderers, and we were floundering a bit towards the bottom of the table this game. It was a night game, a bit of a miserable old night at Wickham, uh, and uh, we ended up winning 1-0. And I must admit, I, I said to a friend of mine who I was with, hmm, I wasn't too sure about this player. I didn't really see it at all. He didn't look like an ex-Football League player to me at all and I was completely and utterly 100% wrong there because he was a really good player, he had football nous, he, he had a nice left foot on him, uh, got the ball and just played it and moved it and kept it going and he had a will to win as well, I can imagine he's the sort of player that um, drove other players on to try and uh, at least match his effort or emulate it even better, uh, so I'm sorry to say that I misjudged him very badly 
uh, in the beginning, but I'm very pleased to say that he was a tremendous servant for Dagenham. Uh, he's exactly the sort of player that I think we could do with right now, uh, left-hand side midfielder. So the last one, who was that player? Now here are the results of the names of the players that uh, I set there in the Who Am I? I'm just going to do it in order, I won't say too much about them. Hopefully that uh, you got them all or got most of them and that my clues helped and that I didn't make too many factual errors. As I say, I do pretty much all do it off the top of my head apart from looking up a couple of statistic things. So there's bound to be one or two little mishaps along the way but uh, hopefully we get there in the end and uh, hopefully it's as much fun for you trying to do it as it was me uh, trying to think about these players and remember why they came to mind. So anyway, here are the answers. Uh, number one, Cliff Accurang. Number two, David Pratt. Number three, Exodus Geegan. Number four, Baz Savage. Number five, Ben Strevens. Number six, Matt Jones. Number seven, Corey Whiteley. Number eight, Ian Richardson. Number nine, Paul Newell. Number 10, Roy McDonough. Number 11, Courtney Naylor. Number 12, Dominic Green. Number 13, Victor Paulson. Number 14, Paul McCullum. Number 15, John McKenna. Number 16, Junior McDougald. Number 17, Shane Blackett. Number 18, number 18, Tarkin Mustafa. 19, Paul Terry, and rounding it off, the legend that is Peter Gain.